Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. You can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions. If you're on TikTok or the new Clubhouse, you can find me at Detail Supply App. And the best way to get into Clubhouse, no doubt, if you're a detailer, we've got groups already set up hosting uh, events and meetings. Um, and if you do, shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. We will actually go out and go hit live now. Uh, we've got a scheduled episode today that we're doing. Uh, and we have a great time with Nick. Nick is here, and we are going to be discussing a couple different things. Uh, Nick can be found at Vegas.Rides on most platforms. But the best way to get in touch with Nick is uh, to find him at Nick at VegasRides.com. Nick, I know uh, it's been an interesting weekend as there's a lot of people that have gotten their, uh, well, gotten some uh, excitement in a sense. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the stimulus checks have come through. And uh, I think uh, I think there's quite a few people that uh, not only detailer-wise, but uh, just overall economy-wise, people are pretty excited about new stimulus money coming out. Oh, dude. I was on the strip this weekend. So I have oh. uh, never seen it that packed. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, it was absolute insanity. And, uh, you know, you can only surmise uh, it being the beginning of March Madness, which is always a big weekend here. Uh, you know, obviously for gambling reasons, it's always been a major driver. But, boy, oh, boy, it was packed. And it looks like they had some issues in Florida with, with some spring break stuff. And Oh, I didn't hear about that. What happened in Florida? Uh, evidently, I mean, had so many people. They, like, went into a curfew situation, you know, just – I mean, look, man, it, it, you can't keep people bottled up for a year and expect it not to kind of come to a head at some point. I would, uh, I would assume that's what we're seeing. And, you know, when you hand out free money, uh, people are going to spend it. And that's exactly what we see happening. And, and look, the detailing industry has seen it for the last year as well. Uh, so the, the interesting part is definitely how many people inside the detailing industry start talking about it also uh, and about getting out. I think there's a lot more buzz right now of, okay, we can maybe finally get back out. More people are talking about trainings, trips, different events. There's, you know, sure. a, a different expos coming up and there's theories on who's going and who's not going and what's going to happen and all that fun stuff. I mean, so it is interesting after what, just now three months of uh, not even what, yeah. two months. Suddenly, hey, by, the, by the way, speaking of, I mean, if it's going to be interesting to see uh, who attends those expos for all the people that canceled an expo just, you know, a, a short month ago. Right. Yeah. Was it, I guess it is only a, a month or two ago. They were so up in arms. And then suddenly now there's hype and excitement of being out <laughs> in, in the public. I don't, you know, Make, makes you makes you question some of those motives of some of those people behind the scenes, doesn't it? It's very interesting. No doubt. Um, you know, speaking of an expo, got a fun chance this past week to lead a, a fun event for Mobile Tech Expo. Uh, been working with them on virtual trainings from their education day. 
and uh, got to do another free, um, as one thing we do here at the community is, is heavy into free information, and uh, got to lead the uh, Thursday event with them on education and talked heavily on growing business through, you know, adding more coatings by doing better marketing and different ways that detailers could market themselves better. Marketing is one way, Nick, right, that you've grown. You've, you've, we've talked on how you've marketed, but there's also a lot of other theories of growing a business over time and what all it takes. Uh, just need to pick your brain a little bit. You know, what, what's some things that pop to your mind if I say, you know, grow your business long term? You know, what some of those inner dynamics look like for you? Well, I think the first word that comes to mind is consistency. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. You know, you're not going to just do a marketing effort today and that's going to springboard your business forever. Uh, you're going to constantly be changing those things. And what's going to matter is your consistency, the consistency to, con consistency to perform the work, consistency to show up on time, uh, consistency to market every day, uh, make sales calls every day, whatever it is that, that you think is the foundation of your business. Consistency is the first thing that comes to my mind that, again, it's not flashy. You can't make a YouTube video. You, you can't sit out there and act like you got the answer when you're just going to use something as simple as consistency. But that's why we see a lot of guys struggle, right? I mean, showing up every day is a big part of all of this. Uh, I mean, agreed, no doubt. And regular, I think it's interesting that people market some and then not market some and they're hype yep. for one moment. And they, you just don't exactly. hear from them again. You know that I can definitely see that. Uh, all right, cool. That's a good one. Uh, anything else that uh, maybe long-term things that maybe detailers, uh, it might be something they don't really ever think about. Uh, what an out of the box idea that would really maybe relationships, maybe uh, networking. I don't know what, any thoughts that come to mind? Well, I think one thing is, you know, you and I kind of had a conversation back and forth about this. And it's, it's something that I think people don't handle very well, but it's like vendor relationships, you know, uh, relationships with people that you're going to be buying product from. A lot of people have this like hands-off approach to it. Well, I can get everything on Amazon or I can get everything at, you know, on the internet. And, you know, what do I need a relationship for? Well, Marty, you've been in this business a long time. Sometimes you need somebody to come through for you, right? Like sometimes you need a vendor to overnight you a coding or a vendor to answer a question about a coding because you got a question from a customer that you don't know the answer to. Um, just as simple ideas like that. But I, I think we see guys now, and, and this has always happened, it's just now more in the forefront, not really handle vendor relationships well. They want to take and take and take and treat people like crap and think that long-term that's going to work out for them. And, and look, you can speak to this much more clearly than I can. Well, I, was going to, I was going to say, why do you think that is? What, what is it about that relationship you think is, is kind of deteriorated? I think there's a lot of entitlement. I just think the customer, you know, we see it in service-based businesses. I'm not saying anything that detailers haven't seen if they've been in business for a few years. Uh, you know, the entitlement mentality that, that you're owed something because you're spending money. Well, I'm spending money. So, you know, uh, Marshall should jump through every hoop. And if I send him 10 text messages, I should get 10 back. And how dare he not answer me? And I mean, dude, you're, you're you, buying you some, get, you're buying some soap. You're buying about, some soap. What about you? Like as a detailer from customers, is that like oh. service? 
You, you, I mean, you get, you just get text messages. I've gotten them at, you know, Sunday mornings or, you know, late Saturday night. And that's, you know, Hey, can we get a car in or Hey, can we get that? Like, yeah, man, it, it, look, it's, and look, I live in a 24 hour town. So you can imagine the kind of texts I get, because if somebody works at a casino, they think everybody's on their time. Uh, you know, Hey, the, the business hours are still nine to five. Um, we all know what business hours are and every logical human being understands business hours, except for, it seems when you're in these pockets of industry that are service based or chemical based for you, or it doesn't matter. It's, you know, the entitlement has gone through the roof. And the problem is it, it actually sets guys up for failure. In my opinion is because, you know, they don't value anybody's relationship. And then they wonder why their customer treats them like crap. Well, they treat their vendors like crap. And so it becomes a, a circular motion here. You're a bad human being to your vendors and you don't expect your customers to be bad to their vendor, which is you. It's a really strange thing. And, you know, we, I've watched companies try to approach this conversation and talk about bad customers and we know they exist, but I don't think people know how to have those relationships. I mean, I have relationships where guys will switch companies and they'll call me and say, Hey, this company doesn't have a bunch of products for you. This is an exact story. Let me give the story then. I had a gentleman who left McGuire's professional services when they were bought. Okay. And when they were bought, they basically eliminated their professional behind the scenes people that had worked at, 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 at those places for quite some time. And so he ended up going to another manufacturer. Well, I saw him at SEMA and he goes, Hey man, we don't have a lot of stuff you'd like. I'm not going to lie to you. He goes, but you need to try this three inch machine. He goes, this is far superior to anybody else's three inch machine. And I said, great. I ended up buying 10 of those machines. Wow. Okay. Cause he was right. But that was a relationship where a guy improved my business. Um, a guy improved my business. And I never asked him to improve my business. I just had a good vendor relationship with him for a lot of years. And so these are the type of things that I don't think people understand that vendors can do for you. Like these, these three inch machines have helped us cut paint for years now. And at the end of the day, I didn't do anything for that relationship except treat him like a human being and be respectful of his time and his effort. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but we really have an issue. What, what are those? Okay. So you think it's just inside if somebody's that way towards, you know, chemical suppliers, you mentioned coatings or this, do you think they're that way to other people at Lowe's or Home Depot or the accountant? I, I would think that would be the interesting lesson I think to learn from. And when, when I hear you talk about it, it's like, you know, it's not so much. I mean, and you're right. I mean, as a chemical provider, and it didn't matter, you know, whether it's dealership, car wash. I mean, it it's a tough business to to be, you know, servicing customers, right? It, it is. It, it customers are all have different needs and different requirements, and you, you've got to funnel them in the best you can and take care of them the best you possibly can. What? I, and so I, I definitely have had my moments of needing to work through some things with customers, no doubt. Uh, but what about what about just a theory of life in a sense that if somebody is always hard to work with, you think it sets them up to struggle in overall business because they're having to work so hard at not just chemical and not just a coding, but like, I mean, an accountant, yeah. could you imagine a bookkeeper? Could you imagine, uh, you know, who's, yeah, there could be yeah. all kinds of different relationships. Yeah, so that get let's tarnished. talk about, yeah, let's talk about team building. 
you know, it's a big thing that gets brought up to you all the time because of the podcast and I'm sure the community pub, it's always brought up team building. Yeah. Team building, team building. I need to hire somebody. I can't find anybody, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, your team isn't just the people that work for you. Like you said, you have an accountant, maybe you have an attorney. Okay. Uh, then you have your chemical vendors. Maybe you have a truck vendor. Maybe you have a, a leasing agent because you're renting space. I mean, all of a sudden, you got a pretty big team of people, don't you? They don't work for you, but they're teamed up with you in business. The only way to get a consistent team of people is to know how to treat people. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but we hear from a lot of guys, oh, you know, I can't find anybody. And then Marty, you and I will have a conversation with them. And what do we find out? They don't pay anybody. You didn't find 50 bad people. You're the bad person. You don't pay. And people know you're charging $1,000 for a coding and you're paying them $10 an hour. What do you think happens? Or you call your accountant at the last minute before tax season and say, hey, I need my taxes done. Well, that's his busy season. Yeah. So he doesn't call you and you have a bad customer experience and you blame it all on that person, but you didn't tell the real story that you were the one that called at the last minute. He would have gotten your taxes done, but you called at the last minute. And so what happens is they start this circle of, I never get good service. You have family members like this. Come on. They complain about every service they've ever received. They go to McDonald's, they have a bad experience. You go to McDonald's, you've never had a bad experience. It's always been the same. That's why there, there's a zillion of them in the world. If they were giving everybody bad experiences, there wouldn't be a, a zillion of them in the world. Okay. But you have family members that have a problem at Home Depot, have a problem at McDonald's, they have a problem with their contractor, they have a problem at their job, and detailers are going through this now. I mean, the stories that I'm hearing from chemical companies, the stories that I'm hearing from different people, it's like detailers, if you're just getting started, man, let me help you with something. Treat your vendors right, and it's amazing how much your business will grow. Does it, It's not going to grow because they do stuff for you. But when you have the mentality that I'm going to treat them well, magically, you're going to find customers that treat you well. Because you're putting out into the world exactly what you want. Those are the people that are going to be attracted to you. I don't really have issues at this point in my career with a single vendor. I don't have a single issue. They make mistakes. You know, sometimes they don't deliver product in time. Okay. I mean, they're human. Sometimes we screw up. But the weird thing that's happening now is that we have this whole situation in our business where guys just think, hey, I'm placing a $200 order with somebody. Why aren't they kissing my ass? Well, because $200 really isn't that much money. That's why. I mean, McGuire's doesn't care about $200. You think they do, but they don't. Because they have people buying fifty grand a month. They have people buying $150,000 a month. But you think you are owed something and you haven't developed any relationships. It's the strangest thing that we watch in this business. I, I think bar none, it's the strangest thing that we're seeing happen. Do you think some of that comes from being jaded from the chemical companies and the brands and the, you know, coding, especially as coding companies have, you know, really blossomed in a sense and really in the past five to seven years, unknown, unheard of people suddenly are experts in our industry because they bought into a coding brand, right? Um, so it is very interesting then that detailers might continue this uh, movement because quite frankly, look at some of the ways they're being treated. 
uh, very disrespectful on if you pay this money, you get this territory. Oh, wait, somebody else is here. My apologies. You're yeah. out. They're in. Wait, Great what? point. I Great mean, point. there's some of that relationship from new people into the industry that will ultimately change for the worse uh, many mindsets that we might be experiencing, right? That might be because sure. it could just be a thing from some of them. Now, the, the interesting part, too, is how many brands do you think, you know, go out and tell their detailers all about what they're doing? Or do they just make changes and say, deal with it? Uh, I think you and I have heard a really wild story the last few weeks. It's fucking that you're crazy, alluding to. It? You know, for those that haven't heard it, there's a major coding brand that basically took their flagship coding, wiped it off the menu and said, hey, we got this new, better coding. It, it happens to be infused with graphene, you know, which we spoke about a few weeks ago. I mean, isn't that hilarious? I mean, it just happens to be, but they basically changed the formula, not being honest. I mean, they basically had nobody test it from what we can tell uh, because the installers that have reached out to us and, and look, this is going crazy on Facebook. So we're just being topical here, folks. We're not picking on anybody. Uh, this is something that just is going bananas right now on Facebook and this Facebook groups and, and whatever, this coding company made this decision and basically did not consult anybody. The next problem is they went through supply issues and the application process isn't the same. It's not a, it's not a great application process. Guys are having to, are going to have to relearn how to effectively do this in their business on the fly. And they're in a situation now where I think they're learning a hard lesson, aren't they? These companies that have no roots in this industry don't know what you're going through as a detailer and you're putting your trust in them, you're doing that at your risk, not theirs. Because they're always going to find another sucker. There's a sucker born every minute. And we see plenty of them all the time in this business, unfortunately. Here's what these coding companies that don't have any roots in this business, don't have a single person on the executive team that's ever detailed a car. They'll make these types of decisions. And guess what? You're just going to deal with it. And if you have stuff all over your shop or it's on your shirt and you went all in and your customers know you're all in, now you have a bad coding product. By all accounts, people don't believe this new coding. Uh, secondarily, they don't know how to install it effectively. It is not a great installable product. So now what do you do? Because you went all in and you thought this company had the solutions for you. And I'm telling you folks, it is, Marty, you know this, it is crazy to hear a company doing this in the middle of boom time, by the way, now halting the brakes on their own installers with a supply issue. What do you do? What do you do if you're in those installers position? Well, that's sort of my point. Like I'm sure some of the jadedness comes from their relationships that they feel like they've been mistreated from people that they've dealt with. You know, I, it, it just has to eventually come around, I guess, you know, and, it just, to me, it's, I, I agree, man. It, it was insane to see the the flop, see the switch. And it's just funny, you know, since we said <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago, we literally were like, who's going to be the one? Who's going to like, you know, and we'd already seen some sprinkle some stuff in. And then suddenly, wow, wait, hold on. What the? F like, yeah. Just, yeah. Basically, crazy. what we said was, is that this was kind of going to really filter the DIY market, right? Like, yeah, we're going to see it in these DIY products. We'll see somebody do some things here and there in the professional market and then kaboom, basically 
we have a company go all in with their flagship five-year coding with total nonsense. There's no chemistry behind what they're doing. And then they took all of their installers and said, yeah, we, we really don't care. I mean, you know, you guys know how to install our product, but you know what? Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to give you this product and it's not going to be better and it's not going to be more user-friendly. And this kind of gets to the next point. If a chemical company does not make something more user-friendly, it's not better for the end consumer, the car owner. What the hell did they build the product for? I'm really confused by that. Now, I'm not confused because I know this company is run by people that don't have any clue about detailing. They're just a private equity firm type type people, you know, just investors, which is fine. Uh, but the question that guys have to ask themselves is, this didn't make my user experience better and it didn't help my customer. Why did the product get built? Seems like that question never kind of gets answered or asked or answered in a lot of these situations. Would you agree? Yeah, it's super interesting, right? Like, <laughs> I, I agree. Like, why do things get changed? Why do, when, for me, a big one, when I was installing sealants, and then you remember suddenly Teflon came on and yeah. Teflon was the major deal and there was Teflon this, Teflon that, and suddenly Teflon was out and then it was polymer based. And there was like, it just seems like as, as a detailer, you just get thrown stuff from companies that just say, Hey, we're doing this now. And Hey, there's this, like I, it, I could definitely see the circle and why, you know, if there's no real relationship intermixed between the two, then why there would be such, you know, interesting dynamics between. And, and it but, just, but, but hold on, we've given the advice. I mean, let, let's, let's be fair about this. We've given the advice of, if you go and build a relationship with a company, you're going to find out through that relationship if that company has the chops to help your business, right? It's when you don't create a relationship and you just take somebody's word for it over a weekend training or whatever, and you never really start digging into that company. You never ask what their, what their chops are in the business, right? Like I would never go to an accountant and say, and think to myself, you know, why don't I ask what kind of businesses they do the accounting for, right? I, I always ask that, you know, what kind of businesses do you do accounting for? Because if they don't have any type of business like mine, it's going to be a tough relationship, right? I'm going to be training this person on the fly. If the person says, hey, I've done a lot of detailers, I've done a lot of detail shops, I, I get more comfortable. I see that the person's been there. What if the accountant told you, you know what, this is my first time ever doing business taxes. Is that the person you want to go to? But it seems like that's what so many guys are willing to do. Look, man, most of the companies that have popped up, let's be frank, in the last five to seven years, don't have a single person that's ever detailed car for money or detailed a single car for money. Never. They've never done it, never will do it. Now, there's a lot of people that are gonna say that doesn't matter. And that's your opinion, right, Marty? I mean, that's your opinion. If you think it doesn't matter, fine. More power to you. You wouldn't go to a dentist that never cleaned teeth. I mean, I, I just don't think you'd do that. You know, but we have so many guys that get caught up in these systems and all this slick talk and all these great advertisements, and they never ask a simple question. Who the hell's detailed a car there? Anybody? I mean, anyone? I mean, it, at, some, at some level, doesn't that matter? Maybe. Like you said, maybe for some, <laughs> maybe not for all of them. It's why yeah. we have community. It's why we have open dialogue and open discussions. Nick, as always, thanks for uh, taking your time. 
Thanks for giving your input to way guys should theorize and plan out and dissect and begin to take steps to further their business and further their career. We all have opportunities. We all have massive growth potential. Uh, listen, guys, gals, take in, absorb, chew, re, re-spit out, right? Nick can be reached at nick at vegasrides.com. It's a great way to go back and forth and talk to him. You know, reach out to me, 918-800-1188. This is open dialogue, open discussion. Be a part of the community pub. It's Wednesday nights, 7.30 Central. Zoom ID, 918-800-1188. That is why we do all this, to help better your business and have open discussion. Nick, thanks as always for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, bro. All right, man. Episode over. Leave us a review and we will see you on the Community Pub Wednesday nights at 7.30 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. That's the Community Pub Wednesday nights, 7.30 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. Grab a pint and enjoy. Mm -hmm.